Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hi, I'm Sabrina Steerwalt, and I'm Everyday Einstein, bringing you quick and dirty tips to help you make sense of science. I am here with Holly Cole from NASA's GLOBE program, short for the Global Learning and Observations to Benefit the Environment. Thank you so much for being here, Holly. Thank you for inviting me to join you. Could you tell us what it is that you do at GLOBE? Sure. I coordinate the NASA Globe Observer team, and I work out of NASA Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland. Great. Thank you. Globe Observer connects scientists to students, teachers, and anyone else looking to contribute to science and learn about the environment. This collaboration between researchers and citizens, or volunteers among the public, to conduct scientific experiments is known as citizen science. As a scientist myself, I am super excited about citizen science projects because they mean that we scientists can think beyond ourselves when it comes to designing an experiment. For example, as an astronomer, I can't possibly classify tens of thousands of galaxies based on their shapes and sizes, at least not without more hours in the day. But that's okay. I can get help from anyone who has an internet connection and at least five minutes to spare on contributing to astronomy research. Citizen science, of course, also offers up opportunities for making science, including both the process of conducting an experiment and the resulting data, more accessible. This isn't your high school chemistry lab homework. This is real, current, investigative research. So, Holly, can you tell us more about GLOBE and some of the citizen science that you enable? As you said, GLOBE stands for the Global Learning and Observations to Benefit the Environment program, which is a bit of a mouthful, but I think that the important part is the end there. The observations we're collecting is for the benefit of the environment. So we're asking people to go outside and tell us things that they observe about the environment around them that will help us understand Earth system science. The program as you mentioned, is largely student-based. However, a year ago, we decided to open the program up to anybody so anyone can participate in taking some of those observations under the Globe Observer program. And Globe Observer is a free smartphone app. It is available in Google Play or the App Store, and it means that anyone can go outside and take observations right now of clouds and report those back to us. And those observations are then applied to science programs that help us verify what we're learning from satellites. Other scientists can use the data as well for their own research. So what are scientists trying to learn from these cloud observations? Clouds are one of the things that help transfer energy around our planet. So a lot of the energy from the sun comes in the tropics and clouds as part of the water cycle help transfer that energy out to the poles and across the planet. And they also have a really important role in maintaining our climate, our planet's temperature. 
And so there are a lot of scientific questions around what happens to clouds as our atmosphere warms. And then the, the reverse question is, what do, how do clouds impact warming in the long run? If the atmosphere is cloudier, for example, will it cool things down? Or are clouds going to retain more energy and make the climate warmer? And it's looking more and more like it's the latter, that clouds actually have a positive feedback effect and that it, they tend to warm the, the atmosphere a little bit. There are a lot of questions around, though, what clouds' roles are in the Earth system. And that's the sort of information that your observations help scientists understand. So what we're doing with it is we're taking that cloud data that you send us and we are incorporating it into our analysis of satellite data and using it as a verification that what we think is a cloud is actually a cloud. And there are certain cases, particularly when the ground is very bright, light in color, that it's difficult to differentiate between a cloud and the surface. Your observations also help tell us what's happening to clouds when we're not looking. We do have an improved network of satellites that are kind of always looking at the same spot on Earth, but a lot of our satellites are in orbit um, from north to south and only pass over a particular area on Earth once a day. So your observations help fill in some of those gaps. I see. So with Globe Observer, citizen scientists are not only contributing their own original cloud observations to cloud research, but they are also helping verify the validity of data taken by NASA satellites. That's really cool. Now, including but also extending beyond clouds, what are some of the benefits of continuing to observe our environment and our planet regularly? And for those of us with kids in our lives, should we be making an effort to involve them too? So I'll tackle the the kids question first. (laughs) Globe was designed for kids. It's initially an education program, and it's only recently that we've opened it up to adults. So yes, go download the free Globe Observer app and take your kids outside and observe with them and then encourage their teachers to look into the GLOBE program for the classroom so that they can be involved in in taking environmental observations. And the benefits for taking citizen science observations, you know, I see really three big benefits. The first is that you increase your appreciation of the world around you. The second is you can contribute to science. And the third is that you can improve your own quality of life. And so on the first one, I challenged myself to go take a cloud observation every single day. And I haven't been 100% successful, but I have taken quite a few. And what I noticed is when I got into the habit of taking that cloud observation, I would take my phone outside and it would ask me what is the percent cloud cover. And I would tell you roughly how many clouds I saw and what kinds of clouds. And it guided me through that process. I start to now, every time I look at the sky, think about what I'm seeing and what it means if I see low clouds versus high clouds. I see those clouds in a new way and they're so much more beautiful because I appreciate them more deeply. So for me, that's been a huge benefit and maybe a little bit of an unexpected benefit. Um, We also have in the Globe Observer app, a protocol that helps you map mosquito habitats. We're looking for where mosquitoes are breeding. I have a colleague who noticed mosquitoes larvae in a flower vase in her house. And I don't know that she would have noticed that if she had not been doing citizen science regularly. And second, we do use your data to help verify our satellite data. In terms of mosquitoes, a new project just started at NASA Goddard where you basically go outside and say, I see mosquito larvae in a flower pot by my front door or in the pond down the road in the park or in a bottle cap that I found lying on the sidewalk. 
and you document where you saw that. You take a picture of it and you send it to us. We also show you how to sample the water and how to use a microscope to figure out what kind of mosquitoes you have if they're one of the disease carriers. But the first part is really what we want. Where are they breeding? So our scientists are taking that and they're using that as a verification for satellite data so they can go and say, we know that in this area when we have this kind of rainfall, which we can see from a satellite, or this kind of plant growth or soil moisture, where we pull all that satellite data together, then we know that mosquitoes are breeding there and that can tell them if a disease outbreak is likely. So they can create these, if you will, mosquito disease forecasts so that local officials then can, can get these forecasts and you know, mitigate, uh, go spray for mosquitoes or take whatever measures are, are necessary to prevent a disease outbreak of something like uh, malaria or Zika or West Nile virus. And then that goes into the third benefit, which is improving your quality of life. You know, if you're doing the citizen science and noticing where those mosquitoes are breeding, you're going to be able to go out and cover your swimming pool or dump the water out or pick up the trash or spray, whatever it is you need to do to prevent mosquitoes from breeding in your yard or around you know, a place where your family is going to be and be exposed to, to those bugs. Even if you don't get disease from them, there's, mosquito bites are no fun. So it, it contributes directly to your quality of life. And in terms of the cloud observations, we do have you look at the visibility and the sky color when you take your cloud observation, and that is a direct indicator of your air quality. So over time, if you kind of get used to what clear air looks like versus polluted air, that could help you make decisions about what kind of outdoor activities you're going to get involved in or, or have your kids involved in during the day. So citizen science is it's a lot of fun, it increases our appreciation of the world around us contributes to science and, and can improve your quality of life. So with all this talk of citizen science, I have to ask one last question about the eclipse. As many as 20 million people are estimated to have watched the total solar eclipse that spanned the continental U.S. in August, including 4.4 million people who tuned in for NASA's live coverage. What is next for those of us who still have a little bit of this eclipse fever? During the eclipse, Globe Observer had people across the continent taking data of air temperature changes and cloud changes. And those were just to see you know, how cool does it get when you're standing in the moon's shadow. And, and we got a lot of observations. We got 106,000 observations, a few more than that. And so, you know, one thing you could do if you're still interested in some of the science that's happening with those observations is you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. And we've been posting information as we do some data analysis. And if you're interested in learning more about what science we're gaining from the eclipse, you can find us on Facebook at nasa.globeobserver and on Twitter at nasago. Or you can check out our website, observer.globe.gov. Um, we're also posting the data itself on our website. We had so much data, it's taking us a little bit of time to format it and put it in, in an easy-to-use uh, format for everybody. But we're sharing that data out on our website so that anybody can go take that data and do your own analysis and look at how things changed during the eclipse. But I think the most important thing you can do if you're still excited about the eclipse and the science behind it is you can still go outside and take those cloud observations that you may have taken during the eclipse using the Globe Observer app. We need those, those cloud observations every day. The clouds are constantly changing and, and we need that data continually to come in. So you know, get back outside and continue to take observations and share them with us. 
So is that mosquito data also available on your site so that I can go check out whether or not my neighbors have found anything near me? Absolutely. All of our data is available for anybody who wants to look at it. You can go to our website, observer.globe.gov, and there's a big button right at the top that says, see the data, and that leads you to where you can go to look for data. And everything that all GLOBE you know, students and citizen scientists collect is available. So it's not just mosquitoes and clouds, but GLOBE students can collect up to 50 different environmental parameters, and all of that is there. That's very cool. Well, thank you, Holly, so much for your time and for telling us about the fun opportunities for citizen science offered by NASA's GLOBE Observer Program. Thank you for having me. Until next time, this is Sabrina Steerwalt with Everyday Einstein's quick and dirty tips for helping you make sense of science. You can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter where I'm at QDT Einstein. If you have a question that you'd like to see on a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Did you know that my show is part of a podcast network? Our weekly podcasts teach you all sorts of things, from how to revamp your diet, to how to build more resilience, to how to organize your messy inbox. Check out itunes.com slash QDT, visit quickanddirtytips.com slash podcasts, or just use your favorite podcast app. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 